Thank you. Um, Terry Eckert, my assistant, has been with uh, working with me for six years, bless her heart. Um, and so I took her out for lunch this week, and she asked me uh, during lunch, she said, do you ever worship? And I said, every time I hear this choir, I worship. 23rd Psalm, a statement of faith. And it is so good to know by heart. In fact, if you don't hear anything I say today, hear this. Memorize the 23rd Psalm, whether in a song like that or in the King James Version as God intended it to be. <laughs> the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. Restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table in the presence of mine enemy. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. It is a good word. In troublesome days, it is a good word. And we'll find it in the sixth chapter. We'll find both in the sixth chapter. A troublesome days... We're in the sixth chapter of Mark, the gospel writer begins that chapter with a party at the king's palace, a birthday party. And what's troublesome about that is that at that party, John the Baptist is beheaded and his head is served on a platter, sick, sick. And news is made of these things, and advertisers love it. And it will occupy the airwaves for weeks upon weeks. But Mark does not dwell on it. He reports it, but then he shuts off the 24-hour news coverage to show us what we need in troublesome days. We need a good word. We need a good shepherd. So listen, from Mark chapter 6, hear the word of God. The apostles gathered around Jesus and told him all that they had done and taught. He said to them, come away to a deserted place all by yourselves and rest a while. For many were coming and going and they had no leisure even to eat and they went away in the boat to a deserted place by themselves. Let me just stop there for a moment. There's nothing like a vacation. <laughs> Let me tell you, I took one the last couple of weeks, went up to the Pacific Northwest. We missed that hot spell and it was cool and sunny and beautiful, thank you very much. It is good to get away. 
from you. Um, I, I'm joking. Uh, but it does the body good to get away. And Jesus knows that. Come away to a deserted place and rest a while. He knows what we need. I guess. I guess because maybe the disciples, maybe they need a rest, but maybe, maybe. You see, in Mark's gospel, the disciples do the very command of Jesus. Jesus commands them to take nothing with them and to go out into the world and preach the gospel, and they do it, which is, which is unusual for Mark's gospel that they were successful. They preached repentance, they cast out demons, they cured the sick. Success! Man, if that happened to me, wow, we'd pack this place out in July after a pandemic, right? I mean, this place would be loaded with people who wanted to get free of the demons and be healed. It would be fabulous. I mean, why stop now? We could get this place filled up again. But Jesus knows the temptation. And every time that Jesus draws a crowd, every time, he goes off by himself and prays. Jesus knows what we need. And maybe the disciples needed a break. After all, Mark writes, they had no leisure even to eat. But when the plane lands in Seattle and you can turn on your phone and all of a sudden there's 44 text messages and then you open your emails and there's 66 emails and then you get through security and then there's a... and then What's wrong with you? Where can I flee from your presence? I'm sorry. Uh, that's not how the story goes. Let's, let's go back to the story. Mark writes, Now many saw them going and recognized them. And they, they hurried there on foot from all the towns and arrived ahead of them. And as he went ashore, he saw a great crowd and he had compassion for them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. And he began to teach them many things. What do you suppose he taught them? Mark doesn't say. But can you make a guess? What do you suppose he taught them? And if you can make a guess, if you can make a claim that whatever he taught, that's what we should be doing, 
that the Lord is my shepherd, can we also make a commitment to stop to stop with everything that goes against whatever he's teaching. Jesus taught and taught and taught because Mark says it grew late. And even though it's not printed in your bulletin, what happens next is that the disciples go back to their old ways. Gone is that great power of preaching and repentance and no more fear and being able to cast out demons and to heal people. They suddenly get all caught up with fear. Where they can see thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of people and they're out in a deserted place, supposed to be, and they get scared. They can see the crowd, they can see the sun setting, they can hear the growls of their own tummy. Thousands of people who are hungry will turn into a mob in a heartbeat. This isn't going to go well, Jesus. And Jesus says, you give them something to eat. (laughs) And the disciples say, yeah, right. What are we going to do, rob a bank? What are we going to do, get 12 food trucks to come up here? What are we going to do? Go fishing all night? What are we going to do? The church can talk for hours about the things that are not possible. And do you remember what Jesus, how Jesus responds? He says, how many loaves do you have? He says to his disciples, how many loaves do you have? My credit card company always wants to know, how many loaves do I have? When I sign in, you're missing one question, Donovan. How much do you make? That's what they ask me. And I don't tell them. It's like when you get that survey, right? You just bought something and they say, how do you like your toaster? And you fill out all the things. And the last question they ask you is, how much money do you make? Do you ever answer that question? They don't need to know that. How many loaves do you have? What what if we started the, the stewardship season out like that? And it's Westminster Presbyterian Church. How much money do you make? Imagine if we did that. I'd be at home looking out my window and there'd be a moving truck. Honey, there's a moving truck coming in. But you have to give the disciples credit. Because they say, well, we have five loaves and two fish. Maybe they checked around. What do you got? I got a loaf. I got a, five loaves, two. That's all we got. You think that's true? You think maybe Judas had like three rolls tucked away somewhere in a pocket somewhere? 
that maybe Peter, you know, took one of the fish and kind of ate it. And we have, uh, we have three, I mean, we have two fish. <gasps> two fish. Imagine giving everything you have to Jesus when you're hungry. When you're hungry. He responds like a good shepherd. There beside the still waters, Jesus has everyone sit down, as Mark writes, on the green grass. The Lord is my shepherd. He maketh me lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. And Jesus takes the loaves. And then Mark writes, he looks up to the heavens. It's how you restore your soul. Get your mind off of all the stuff. And you make the claim, the Lord is my shepherd. And in this dark valley, the Lord is my shepherd. Now, I don't know how we're going to get out of this, but I do know this, that I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. You look to heaven. He doesn't take the scarcity. He doesn't hold it tight to his chest. He holds out his hands. As if God has something to say. We were talking about this text in Bible study. And Rudy Kalis was talking about a woman who had ALS, could not move, laid in a bed spoke by means of a typewriter somehow. And Rudy asked her one time, what do you do when you get an itch? And the woman figures out how to text the message back to him. I pray. Can you imagine? I received an email this week from a woman who's fighting cancer. And she tells the whole story, and then she says, I pray. As if God has something to say. He looks up to heaven. When do we do that? We do it at baptism. Maybe your parents took you in their arms and they looked at you and went, now what? 
And I mean, you're quite a handful. And they looked up to heaven. And they said, here, Lord, take this life. Maybe you came of age to that baptism. You looked at your life, and you looked at how it could go, and you said, something's missing. And you came to the waters of baptism. Maybe every time we have a baptism, you renew your faith there in the water. And you say, take my life and let it be consecrated, Lord, for thee. Make my life big. Oh, for a thousand tongues to sing. We've got amazing power in God. Into your hands I commend my life. You make a statement of faith. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He maketh me lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table in front of my enemies. My cup. runneth over. After the disciples took the bread and gave it to that crowd, that crowd, that crowd, they collected 12 basketfuls of scraps. 12 basketfuls of scraps. That's one basket for every disciple. As if to say, look, you see? And the only one who didn't have a basket to carry was Jesus. Wouldn't it be something if maybe Mark is saying that out of our abundance, maybe we need to feed Jesus. When they had crossed over, They came to the land of Genesaree and moored the boat. And when they got out of the boat, people at once recognized him. 
and they rushed about the whole region and began to bring the sick on mats to wherever they heard he was. And wherever he went, into the villages or the cities or the farms, they laid the sick in the marketplaces and begged him that they might even touch the fringe of his garment. And all who touched him were healed. Because they knew who he was. The Son of God. The Good Shepherd. And we shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. And this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.